morning. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm very well, mate. But not as probably excited as you and your team are because this bloke, he jumped a lot of bars last preparation, in my opinion anyway, because he went from a maiden at Warwick Farm to run third and up-and-coming, and then he won a Ming Dynasty. He's run second in a Golden Rose. We're all talking about militarisers and cylinders and this and that, but he's flown under the radar, if you ask me, and his two trials have been sensational. How excited are you to get him back to the races? Oh, it's pretty exciting, mate. Yeah, look, we're, we're hoping he's... You know, we saw something from, from him last preparation. You don't generally see. He, he couldn't keep up with them in a barrier trial at Hawkesbury when he came back from a spell. It was pretty disappointing. It was hard-ridden the winner trial at Rose Hill. And then at his first start back in a maiden at Warwick Farm, he flashed home. And I don't think I've seen a horse hit the line like that for a long time. And I thought, well... Let's see if he can do it twice, you know. Like, some horses just pull out a big run. Maybe he was chasing horses that were getting tired, you know. And then his next day, he did the same. He still ran second. Um, so, you know, so he's done it twice. Let's just give him a go in stronger company on the bigger tracks. And we went to Rose Hill, and that's when he flashed home to run third uh, behind Tom Kitten and, and Kintyre. Um, he improved again. His next start was ridden well from a good barrier. Barrier one was up on the pace, and was able to, to, to win the Ming Dynasty and, and, again, Tom Kitten finished behind him again that day. And, yeah, he just went to, from that level, you know, um, into you know, a Group 1 and looked like he was home with a stride to go and, unfortunately, militarised was... Uh, had got out of the pocket. I wish it had just been held up a little bit longer. It just shows two barriers. I mean, I know it's... Uh, we're not reinventing the wheel, but the two times he draws soft, Ming Dynasty he draws the fence... And then in the rows, he draws gate three. So yeah. the, the two times that Preppy draws soft last time out, he is a little bit more positive and that's he right. runs very, very well. So I guess that's that's uh, that's a bit of a trick to him. If people think that he's going to get back in his runs, you know, he's drawn four on Saturday and obviously a big preparation ahead. But if he can be a bit positive, Jace, and put him in the race, he's right there. Yeah, look, it all come down to how, how he jumps, you know. Um, he can... He has a habit sometimes of being a little slower to stride sometimes. Um, but, you know, we've got a big preparation ahead of us, and I'm not going to be, uh, be sending him crazy out of gates to take up a forward spot, that's for sure. But I'm, I'm hoping that it doesn't look like a real lot of speed on. You've probably got um, Cabalas and, um, you know, probably rolling forward. But, you know, it is, it is a bigger track, and he gets his chance to rattle home. That's what we're looking for. We just want to see him really strong um, first up. And if he captains the win, well, it's... You know, it's, a, it's an added bonus because obviously we're heading towards um, you know, the round with Guineas and two starts time and, and um, you know, it's just, just you know, he's, he's just got to, I suppose, prove to everyone this weekend that he's back and and um, we can keep firing shots. But, you know, I think the, the horse down the bottom could be a little the, the, the fly in the ointment. This is Macarena. I've got a bit of time for that horse and it's got 54 in its back. So it'll be hard to beat too. Yeah, it certainly will be. And there's been a, a bit of chat about Macarena already uh, for Team Hawks. She's a pretty smart filly. But on your bloke, okay, so let's let's answer a few of these questions. Um, there's a few out there that may think, you know, or maybe or Ranwick Guineas mile. What gives you the indication from what you see at home that he will run the mile? Just the way he wants to switch off, Dave. You know, he's got this beautiful, relaxed attitude. Um, and he's just able to switch off, and, and, and when you ask him, he doesn't just ex- he doesn't explode. He goes through his gears, and, and um, I think the fact that he can do that 
we could relax him back midfield and around with guineas or something, and, and you'd, you'd find he'd be really rattling strongly when we need him. So, you know, and he's a lot stronger. That that was basically second ever preparation last time through as well. And the other thing I was going to say is for those that um, maybe look at his tap Craig running, go, oh, geez. Could we say, though, that that was at the end of a bit of a prep because he sort of – you never really had those races in mind when you were first starting him off at Warwick Farm. Oh, for sure, mate. You know, um, it was just a, a $500,000 race we thought was going to be a gimme, but unfortunately uh, he drew a little bit sticky in six of nine and, um, and Brett Preble rode him and, and give him probably three good digs out of the gates to try and take up a spot, and then he was going to get trapped three deep, three deep, so he gave him another real big dig to try and cross one to get across. This horse is still learning his trade with the blinkers on, and when he gave him that big dig, he actually took off on him, and he ran through the bridle for a good, solid four to 600 metres, just head up, throwing his head around, racing, charging. What people don't understand, when horses get up in the jockey's hands and they travel that strongly, they can't breathe properly at the same time. They're getting half the oxygen down. So, you know, he, he, he basically had done too much work through the race. Um, he straightened up and was probably gassed at the top of the straight. Just his intestinal fortitude that kept him going. Most horses would have just given up. But I thought he ran a great race. Uh, but he's just learning. And that was the thing. You can't push him. That's why when you said, could you push him forward and take up a, a position? Of course, he's still learning his trade. I don't want to go pushing him too hard out of the gates. Knowing full well what last preparation we did that at 1400 and he, and he got running. Um, he, all of his best runs have been when he's been allowed to just be where he's comfortable and, and he'll charge the line. So he's still learning. We've, I think we've learned his pattern. And it's just a matter of making sure that we've got him comfortable through the middle. And when you straighten up, you ask him for an effort, he just keeps finding. And, um, you know, it, it'll all come down, I suppose, what happens out of the gates on the weekend as to where he lands. We're chatting this morning with Gary Portillo, I guess. What about uh, Flying Trapeze? You did have uh, him accepted in this Eskimo Prince, but you're going down to the Autumn Stakes in Melbourne. What was the reasoning for going to Melbourne uh, with the Colt? Uh, probably a week of race, um, and I think 1,400 suits him better. I saw the, his run last start um, at, um, at um, Gold Coast. Uh, the Gold Coast. Yeah. You know, he was... He was coming at 100 miles an hour. He had two more strides. He's got the he's got the lot, you know. So um, I've, I've kept him nice for that for this. I had two options. You know, I'm not a big stable, so I like to try and keep our horses separated as well. And I thought the race in Melbourne looks um, to me a lot weaker than than the, the Sydney form. All right, he he did run a beauty at the Gold Coast, and they, I know there's a lot of ladies involved in that horse, and they want a stack. Yeah, $450,000 for running third, mate. Yeah. He wins this race on the weekend. It's worth 180 for the winner. So it just goes to show you um, how much prize money's involved in these races during the carnival up in uh, the Gold Coast. Yeah. So that's Flying Trapeze. You've got Willow on board, NCAP, Jason Collett. They're your two big guns uh, for the weekend. Mate, uh, also having a look at uh, other nominations. Today you're off to Wyong with Sumo Star. Big Sumo, yeah. Um um, just come up with a regular blood count last week, which put him out of the midway on Saturday. So, but his blood's perfect now, and he's ready to run a good race up there today. Should be a great chance. All right. And what about some of your other noms, mate? Over the weekend, to see you've got Scorpion Jack nommed at a few places, Kimono nommed at a few places. Is there a, is there something lurking for our punters? Do you, or or are they, <laughs> these horses that we we speak of in the next couple of days are locked in. 
Yeah, look, um, I think Scorpion Jack's been trolling really well. He um, he got us in last campaign as a two-year-old. I thought he was a pretty smart horse. He just didn't do quite do it on race day, but he strengthened up. I think he, he could run well. Uh, his trials have been very good, so I think at, um, at Goldman, he's a good chance at a wet track. And um, um, I think Kimono will go, will find a, a dry track for her. She can't handle it. Um, We've got Kamochi going around the following Saturday. Yes, the, the, the filly or the man. Um, so looking forward to seeing her resume. She trialled enormous the other day at Warwick Farm, and um, yeah, she resumes there. So um, it's nice to be playing first grade again. It certainly is, mate. Uh, and on the 9th of March, Ranwick Guineas punters. End cap is $15 in that market, four fifty the place. So... If you like what you see uh, on Saturday before the race, maybe have something on in a prenoms market because if he runs a bottler, he's not going to be fifteen dollars after the um, after the Eskimo Prince. Good to talk with you, Gaz. Good luck today at Wong, mate, and good luck with these yep. horses on Saturday. Thank you very much.